All right, Dave, welcome to the Inside Athletic Training Show. We appreciate you coming on as our first ever repeat guest on the show. Um, kind of an untraditional uh, show today. We have uh, some exciting things to talk about, specifically the 2023 PBATS Athletic Training Symposium for Students that you hosted two weeks ago uh, for more than 200 students across the country. Uh, for a little bit of background information, we had a number of extremely talented and experienced athletic trainers at the major and minor league level. Um, some of those include Jamie Reed from the Rangers, a new World Series champion, uh, Scott Berenger, your colleague in Milwaukee, the head athletic trainer with the Brewers, uh, Ron Porterfield, director of player health to the Dodgers and PBATS president, and really a ton of other great people who, who provided some awesome information for the students attending. Uh, to start today, I'll kick it over to you to let you share some background information um, just about the symposium, your goal when you set out to make this a, a real thing. Um, why it was important to you, and any other items you want to share with background for the listeners? Well, first, let me say thanks Thanks for uh, having me again, Sam. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be the first repeat, so I, I appreciate you having me and mm -hmm. uh, and, and talking about uh, talking about this event. Um, yeah, so the, the PBATS Internship Committee, the PBATS Internship Program, uh, I, I view it as the, as the face of our society to, you know, the academic community and the students they serve. Uh, so our, our aim in general is to provide educational experiences to students. And the, the primary way we do this is through um, offering internships and working with the member organizations to try and set those up. Uh, as you might imagine, it's highly competitive. Uh, so for example, in 2023, we had, um, you know, thousands of views to our uh, to our website uh, internship page on the PVATS website. Uh, we had probably almost 300 uh, applications for internships, but we are, we were only able to um, to place uh, roughly about 50 of those uh, for for positions. And so our our goal for doing this uh, symposium this year was to be able to begin to, to kind of bridge the gap and provide opportunities for those that didn't get, um, you know, an, an internship position and, and kind of provide some interaction, some education and, and programming uh, for those that didn't get the daily uh, immersive experience. So we tried to provide uh, some of that experience to, to the, you know, the masses, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and we tailored the topics to, to those that students told us they wanted to learn about. So we surveyed all of our applicants from last year and asked them, hey, if we if we were going to have a, um, you know, a student symposium, what topics would you like to hear about? And so our planning committee for this event um, sat down and, and kind of went through those and said, all right, like these would be good uh for for a um, inaugural uh, student symposium event yeah definitely a great opportunity for those students who weren't able to uh you know get an internship and work with a team provided some awesome information which we'll get into here um so i want to walk through the key presentations from the symposium uh, and let you explain the importance of each, what what matters in the athletic training profession, and and just why this information is so important for students. Um, so to start, Jamie Reed with the Texas Rangers presented to the group on youth arm health and also how that 
happens to impact um, you guys as athletic trainers in Major League Baseball, specifically with the with the draft process and reviewing so many medicals for for younger uh, athletes who may have some issues dating back to youth baseball. So go ahead and you know share a little insight into Jamie's presentation. Well, this this was so we got a lot of feedback from from attendees and even some of our presenters, and this this was probably one of the more well received presentations. Um, you know, our our goal was to have a, a blend of, you know, clinical information as well as practical networking information and, and things like that. And, um, you know, Jamie's presentation talked about uh, basically the, the the Tommy John epidemic and and how it uh, is a youth issue that we at the professional level um, are left to deal with in a, in a lot of cases. And what was really interesting to me was one of the feedback uh, pieces that we got from, from a student that attended the symposium. And, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, that, that his, his upper extremity class that he took um, at school never really clicked with him mm-hmm. uh, until this presentation. And now the, um, you know, kind of the evaluation and how, how this stuff all works together uh, from a, from a uh, previous history to evaluation to rehab, uh, you know, finally, finally kind of made sense to him after, Mm -hmm. after this, after Jamie's talk. And I I thought that was um, a really neat uh, point of feedback that, that we're able to kind of, you know, as a, as a, as a clinical instructor myself and one who's, who's, really interested in in the educational process um it it made me feel good that we were able to connect the knowledge that people were learning in school to real world uh scenarios that that help them kind of connect the dots and and make things make sense yeah that's a great point and providing the context for the students has always been you know something you've mentioned is hugely important uh, we see so many students with a, a wealth of knowledge in the textbooks, uh, but ultimately getting that experience on the field or or learning from people like you and Jamie on in regard to these topics is hugely important. Um, another really important presentation um, was given by your colleague, Scott Berenger, who's the head athletic trainer with the Brewers. Um, Scott really went very in-depth into the hiring process, um, what he looks for, attitudes, experience, um, professionalism from an athletic trainer looking to break into the game during the interview process. Um, you know, Scott, well, you've worked with him for years now. Um, talk a little bit about his presentation, how that relates to, to what you guys do when hiring um, with the Brewers. Yeah, uh, this was, this was again, another one that, that uh, it was, it was specifically asked for by, by students, you know, what, what do MLB organizations look for when we're hiring and selecting interns and, and hiring uh, new employees and, and Scott did a great job um, of touching on, you know, how to build a resume uh, and and preparing for the interview process. I, I some of the really big key takeaways for me were, obviously he he touched base on um, kind of he did a really good job of separating like an actual full time employee versus versus the um, a student intern role and what those responsibilities would be and your day to day and and so forth but uh one of the big takeaways for me was was touching on the interview process and and you know how that goes who you'll be interviewing with 
even even provided some really interesting uh, sample interview questions uh, to really get um, give students an idea of hey like this is a critical thinking profession and um, we're going to ask you um, how to how to critically think um, you know how you critically think how you problem solve and 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 so that's you know one of the criteria that we're evaluating potential employees on the the other thing that he that he talked about um that i i think is spot on is is that not only is the organization interviewing you but you should also be interviewing the organization i saw a um it was like a little car cartoon kind of meme not too long ago that that talked about you know it was it was a uh, an HR rep kind of interviewing somebody and said, you know, what what uh, you know, why do you want to work here? And and uh, and then the, the uh, prospect turned around and said, well, why should I work here? Right? Like, uh -huh. yeah. you, it just as just as much um, are we interviewing prospective employees? The 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 prospects should also be interviewing the organization to make sure it's a good fit uh, for what your philosophy is for your personality for what your goals are uh, because if it's not a good fit you're going to be you're going to be miserable and you know i think we've all been in scenarios like that before and and they're they're not fun right they're not fun places to go to work every day and and so um so i i thought scott did a really good job of of uh, touching on that and the interview process and and how to go through that uh both uh, both in reviewing for the interview and preparing to interview them yourself. Yeah, he definitely provided the students who attended with some behind the scenes info that they're likely not going to get um, in many other instances. So a, a great job there by Scott, like you mentioned. Um, one of the, the coolest things that, uh, about the symposium, I thought, was the, the breakout room. So we had a couple different topics that were um, preferred by the, the attendees. Um, so some of those, uh, Teresa Lau and Amanda Lee hosted a women in athletic training session. Uh, Chris McDonald and Brad Grolo hosted a session about the pathway into professional baseball, which is, as we've talked about, clearly a very, very in-demand topic for students. Uh, what did you take away as key points when you were able to jump into each of those sessions? Well, um, yeah, so Teresa and Amanda and uh, Kelly Boyce, uh, now with, with Detroit, they, they, they led a panel discussion on 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 women and and professional baseball and, and um maybe maybe i'm a i'm a bit naive uh obviously i'm i'm a not a not a female in 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 the uh in the profession but um but i i thought that this was a key topic for us in this symposium um you know this is this is a, a topic and discussion that that kind of um needed to needed to happen and at least in our first uh first event like this because um you know early on in my career this was i think baseball was thought of as a good old boy network you know and that's sure. that's not not the case anymore you know it, it and when you look at the number of athletic training students um there it is a high female percentage and and I I thought that it was important for us uh, when putting this program together to to make sure that that women 
were aware that there are opportunities in in professional baseball for them and and so uh Teresa and Kelly and Amanda did a fantastic job of just kind of talking through those um you know those points what what uh, some of the obstacles and roadblocks they may have experienced and then um and and having the opportunity to to answer questions uh so i i um i i thought that was kind of a a must have uh topic for us um in this inaugural event and and then um chris and and brad uh basically led the other gender version of 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 this uh uh, of that topic, just talking about, um, you know, pathways into baseball and, and, and how they, um, how they, how they got there and what their, what their roles are and, and so forth. And that my, um, you know, my, my biggest, my biggest takeaway here was, was that, was that it, it it's important for prospective clinicians to under, understand the demands of the job right like it was it was uh you know again if you much like interviewing an organization to know if it's a good fit you also have to understand like if this is something that you want to do um because it's not a nine-to-five job uh you know at at the professional level you know the high performance sporting environment um your phone is on all the time you know whether it's front office or whether it's coordinators uh, or or players calling you at odd hours of the night, you know, with with some issue, and and so it's I, Brad and and Chris did a fantastic job of um, of laying out, you know, what their roles and duties are, and 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 again, like how they how they and this was a theme throughout the whole event um, was how uh, how to get into professional baseball. Yeah, and to that point, you know, looking back at the symposium, so many students clearly want to know, like you said, how do I get into this? How do I land that first internship? How do I, you know, work in the minor leagues or find a way in when it's it's such an in-demand profession? Um, one of those really interesting presentations actually came from Nevin Dominguez with the Royals. Uh, he spoke about his time in the Dominican Republic breaking into the royal system that way. Um, share a bit with the listeners about Nevin's talk and also your viewpoint on getting experience early in the DR. Um, more and more, the entry-level point into professional baseball is through the Dominican academies uh, of, of the various organizations in the league. So, um, you know, it's historically been a uh, a tough role to fill, I think, for for clubs, but that is that is changing, and and I think um, you know sometimes the barrier to filling those Dominican positions for for clubs is is the fact that uh, you know prospects prospective employees don't understand what that's about and what's what's in it for them, and um, you know the pluses and minuses right and so they they shy away from it and nevin uh was fantastic in laying out like hey this is really cool experience uh and and let's be honest you know it's a um it's a cultural experience as much as it is a clinical experience and and he did a fantastic job of talking about those cultural issues and how to deal with um you know how how to navigate 
uh, you know, the, the, the Latin culture versus what we, we may be more traditionally used to. Yeah. And the, the, all of the, the speakers were great. And, and you, you went into great detail there about the presentations. Um, the symposium overall was extremely informative. Everyone at PBATS did, you know, an awesome job in, in relaying this, this quality information to students. Um, from your perspective, as someone who's been in the big leagues for seemingly a really long time and, and just so much experience, um, what stood out to you most um, from the symposium? And also, uh, what do you hope that students took from the time spent with all these great athletic trainers? Well, our our um, our goal was was to provide a lot of touch points and opportunities for interaction between PBATS members and and students, and I think we did that. Uh, you know, again, we had uh, panel discussions on on specific topics of interest. Uh, we had small group breakouts at the end where where we were able to put. Um, you know, five to 15 students in a, in a chat room with, with a, uh, with a certified athletic trainer working in baseball and let them, uh, talk about and ask, uh, questions, um, you know, you know, specific to what they wanted to, to learn about. And so you get, get that more, uh, small group, uh, interaction and, and planning for next year, this will, this will continue to be a, a point of emphasis for us. Um, you know, as we, you know, you know, as, as we, as we, you know, look at how we emphasize those touch points and interactions, this helps to begin, you know, th this helps the students to begin to build their network, right? You know, their, their social network and their, sure. their, um, you know, their, their communication points with, with, uh, with PVATs and, so I, I know I, I know we we had several individuals that shared emails and and contact information, which is which is great because the learning and the mentoring can continue long after the event ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and obviously those networking opportunities are huge for for anyone looking to break into the game. Um, outside of that, outside of attending you know symposiums like this or or networking or, or trying to find a way in. Um, what do you think from your experience that students and young professionals who attended the symposium, um, might want to be doing, uh, during the busy hiring time right now to, to kind of break into the game? Well, well, thanks for bringing that up, Sam, because as the, as the chair of the PVATS committee, uh, internship committee, you know, I, it, uh, it's important that I, I think that, that everyone knows that our, um, 2024 internship application process is open. Uh, it opened in, in mid-October and it'll continue until the end of the year. So the uh, New Year's Eve basically is is when we'll we'll stop, um, you know, taking uh, you know taking uh, applications. Mm -hmm. So students enrolled in an accredited athletic training education program are eligible to apply. So I would encourage all students whether you're first year or second year to, to, to apply. And, and the way this, the way this works is, um, you know, PVAT serves as kind of a, a clearinghouse for collecting and distributing the application portfolios uh, to the MLB organizations. And so then it's, it's up to the individual teams to interview and select students by matching the, the students needs to their own 
uh, organizational needs. And, and then there's a, there's a variety of, um, you know, opportunities and, and activities and each organization uh, and affiliate that the, that the student may be placed at may do it a little differently, but, but the primary role, um, you know, for an intern is, is, is to learn, right? So learning is their, their top job description. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of individuality and in how the different clubs set this up. And some teams have established cur- curricula uh, that are designed and tailored, you know, to, to the overall areas of development uh, and the duration of their, of their internship experience, while others rely more on the school's plan of study. So, um, you know, but, but these, uh, these opportunities, uh, this is the time of year when, when organizations are starting to plan, plan those out. So, uh, I think, I think, uh, it's important to, to make sure that, that, uh, everyone is aware that, that this, these opportunities are available and, and that our application process is open and, you know, for more information about, about the process and eligibility and what what the program may uh, entail, um, you know, I would encourage everyone to to visit our our uh, internship page at, at www.pvats.com. Yeah, definitely a lot of opportunity there for for students. Um, one thing I, I I'm super interested to hear, obviously, you know, yourself included, you had to get your start somewhere. Um, you've been with the Brewers for for a long time. You're a member of the PBATS executive board, very established in the game. Um, talk to the listeners about your first time getting into the game, uh, how that happened, what your first role was in athletic training and pro baseball, and, and just kind of how all that materialized for you. Well, so I so out of graduate school, I started out as a as a kind of a clinic coordinator, uh, an athletic training uh, coordinator and an outreach coordinator at a large clinic in, in South Georgia. Uh, and it was a it was a hotbed for um, baseball players, that area. So um, Columbus, Georgia is where where I was. And, um, you know, Columbus High School was a perennial state champion team. Uh, Columbus State University was a um, you know, a, a power, you know, powerhouse in D2 baseball. Um, you know, the, there were a lot of, um, you know, minor league pro guys that lived in the area across the, the river in Alabama was, um, was the, you know, Phoenix city, Alabama little league team that at that time, this was in the uh, mid nineties, uh, they had just won the little league world series. And so um, baseball was a, it was a target rich area for baseball players in that environment. And, and what my role in the clinic, uh, I saw patients and I also, you know, did outreach, but I also did a lot of performance enhancement type stuff. And, uh, it just, it just kind of molded, uh, into working with a lot of baseball players and, and, uh, you know the 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 guard the Cleveland Guardians used to be the Indians. They they had a minor league team uh, in in Columbus, Georgia at the time. And uh, you know when they would go on the road, they would leave their um, they would leave a lot of their injured guys back that couldn't play. And so sure. myself and one of our one of our PTs in the clinic would work with those players. So they we would do the what I what I would call the clinical rehab. Uh, for those players 
because they weren't, you know, doing baseball activities yet and so forth. And so I did that for, um, you know, it was, it was several years. Uh, and finally, um, you know, after, let's see, I guess it was in 2000, um, Rick Jamison, who was a, a minor league athletic trainer with the, with the Indians then went on, went on to be the head trainer with the Red Sox later on. Uh, he, he called and said, Hey, like, um, you know, we like, we, we like what you do. Uh, why don't you come spend a couple weeks with us and, and, um, you know, and, and spring training and see what we do. And so I was like, this sounds like a lot of fun. So I, I, uh, I went down to, they were in winter Haven, Florida at the time. And I spent a couple weeks and got the opportunity to, to, to kind of blend into their staff and, and, you know, go through the day to day and, and be a part of, of what they do almost, almost like an internship, you know, except for I was a certified athletic trainer and, and just, just, just really immersing myself in the, in the baseball experience. And so when I, when I left my, my two weeks there, I told my wife, I said, that was too much fun. I've got to do that full time. And, and, uh, so, um, the next hiring cycle and the, the next fall, um, I, I, uh, uh, you know, started applying for applying for baseball jobs and I, I went to work for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I, my first, my first role at the Diamondbacks, I was originally hired, um, to do short season in Missoula, Montana, and, and they had some staffing changes. And before I even started working, I got promoted. I was working in, in low A in South Bend, Indiana. And, um, so I, I did my first, my first role was a full season, low A team, South Bend, Indiana, um, you know, working, you know, by myself as, you know, as the sole athletic trainer and, um, working with a strength and conditioning coach and wearing all the hats that you, that you wear as a minor league athletic trainer with, you know, clubhouse sure. duties and, <laughs> and travel duties and, you know, all, all the, um, you know, all the, all the fields as they say. Right. And, and yep. uh, I just, I just, I just loved it. Yeah. No, that, that just goes to show, um, you know, <laughs> how much it really takes to, to break into the game, how much sacrifice they, there is. And, and one thing uh, that I found, you know, compelling that you mentioned while hosting the symposium was, you know, this is different. This is not a nine to five job um, and work-life balances. It may not exist sometimes. And you mentioned while you were, you know, introducing the symposium that, you know, work and life are are combined. There might not be a, a huge difference between the two and, and it definitely shows within the profession. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that as people kind of jump into the game for the first time, they may be overwhelmed. They may have not realized, like you mentioned earlier, what the position entails and the demand. Um, what, what do you think about, about that concept in terms of the, the work-life balance as an athletic trainer? <laughs> That's a, well, <laughs> You put me on the spot with that one. That's a that's a that's a that's a loaded question because as I talked about in the in the symposium, I'm I'm probably of the the generation where um, you know for me maybe it was the work maybe it was the ethic that wasn't my father was a career naval officer so um, so for for me I always I always uh, 
grew up learning that work is life, sure. I guess. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, but I will say this, like you, you have to have, um, you know, you have to have a passion mm-hmm. uh, for what you do. Right. Um, and, and I think that's why, uh, number one, I think that's why it's important uh, for talks like this, uh, for events like the symposium, for um, immersive experiences and internships. It's important because it, it provides opportunities for people to understand what the job is, right? Because if, um, like you said, like, if you don't understand the demand, then it, it, becomes challenging right and and sure. and I, I think not only not only uh, and I, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit but I think not only is it important uh, for students and prospective employees to understand what they like about the job but these experiences also provide opportunities for students and prospective employees to say hey you know what maybe this isn't for me and that's yeah. okay because, because that's a that's a learning experience uh, as well, right? And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and and so that's that's um, you know number one. I think I think that's that's important. But when you have a passion for what you do and a passion for the game uh, and the baseball culture, for example, like when you enjoy what you do, it's never work, right? And so then you don't have to sure. worry about uh, work work life balance. Yeah, but but I will I will um, this, I I think this is something that I brought up in the um, in the symposium and and kind of just a little side discussion was I I will say that um, the closer and closer you get to the big league level, um, the less life you may have right like you know <laughs> sure. I, I I have I have two telephones right one's personal one's work. Uh, my work one is always on. Um, now I get far less calls uh, than um, than our, than Scott, our head trainer, does, but because he is constantly on the phone talking to the front office, there's constantly some yeah. piece of information that needs to get shared. And and you know, on other episodes of of the podcast, when when you've talked to um, to head trainers and and specifically coordinators, like you get that sense. Like there is oh, yeah. always information. <laughs> There's always information that needs to be relayed to, um, you know, to the to the front office. And so, you know, especially during the season, there's work, and you sprinkle life in there a little bit. Uh, sure. And then during the off season, which we now call the season without games, um, <laughs> you know, it it's uh, it you you get to have you know you get to have more. Uh, more life now there yeah you do have to find you do have to find ways to keep your sanity during the season you know like we've heard other guests talk about um you know what they like to do on the on the road and and uh-huh. so forth I, I i like to find a coffee shop and and read but usually i'm reading you know something of interest from a from a journal article or mm-hmm. um you know a, a book that's you know you know, from a professional development standpoint or, or, or what have you. So yeah. I, I may, I'm, I'm probably the, the, maybe the worst example of work-life <laughs> balance. It's, it's more like the seesaw uh, leaning heavily towards the, to, to the work side. But, um, but I, you know, again, 
it's important to to understand um you know what you're getting into yeah of course no that that's helpful and i know you know i didn't want to put you on the spot saying you know you just you sit at your office all day and and have no life but i thought it was really interesting you know your passion for athletic training is is second to none um and that's why it doesn't feel like uh you know for you it's you're not punching clock you're not just trying to go home from work you're actually invested and and passionate about it so that that really shows how important it is for students, maybe with that first internship to, to really understand if this is for them. And I think you did a great job of, of showcasing that at the symposium and here today as well. Um, well, Dave, we really appreciate all that information. I want to end the show today by giving you an opportunity to really just share one piece of advice um, for those students out there who, who want to end up in your footstep or following your footsteps. They want to end up as the assistant athletic trainer for the Milwaukee Brewers or, or something like that. Um, what's one great piece of advice as they kind of approach the professional world that you could provide? Well, um, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, back up a little bit, but, you know, I think one of the, one of the main things that, that we, that we look for when we're hiring and selecting candidates is, is baseball experience, right. Uh, and, mm -hmm. or, or a, a demonstrated desire to, to work in baseball. And so, you know, one of the one of the reasons we we are looking for that is because um, you know you those particular people that have some experience working with baseball players begin to develop a feel for for the game, right? You develop an understanding of the demands for the sport, uh, the culture of baseball players, the the biomechanics, common injury patterns, you you name it. And, and so, uh, this, you know, you know, your, your, your emphasis then should just be on, you know, doing good work, uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and just embrace where you are at the time. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's good to have goals and dreams for the future, but, you know, I think the emphasis should be, uh, to do good work where we are and, and then the powers, the powers that be will, will notice that. Right. And so, um, you know, this, you know, when you, when you have a feel, when you, when you just work on, on doing good where you're at, uh, one of my, one of my mentors, um, you know, Dan Wright, uh, years ago, he, he called this being aggressively patient and, <laughs> and so setting yourself up for being in the right place at the right time, uh, sure. and, and then continuing to, to, to do that, that good work. And so I, that's usually my go-to, um, my go-to piece of advice, but, but for students, you know, <clears throat> trying to, you know, cause again, we, we are looking for a, a, um, you know, a genuine desire to work in the game. And, and so when you're building your resume, you, sh you should be building it to, to demonstrate that, that desire and, and that, that, that baseball experience. Yeah, no, all, all very good information. I think uh, everything you've mentioned today and also that got, got mentioned at the symposium will really set up students who joined us um, a couple weeks ago uh, to be in a great spot to to kind of know how to navigate the process. And I think that's something that Jamie and Scott, Teresa, Kelly, everybody that joined um, to showcase that information really did a great job of sharing with the students. So, well, Dave, we really appreciate your time um, coming on the show for a second time um, and appreciate your time and effort to help educate the next generation of Major League Baseball athletic trainers 
and uh, potential PBATS members. And uh, one more time, I just want to reiterate that we do have the internship program available for application. Um, students can head on over to pbats.com slash internship to learn more info or always get in touch with Dave uh, through our website that way. So thanks again, Ed, and we appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. I, I always enjoy it. All right, Dave, we're good to go, man. That was that was great. Super informative. Um, definitely look forward to getting these internship numbers this year. And I think we'll we'll be in a good spot. So, um, you know, stay in touch. And obviously, we'll get together next week and, and get some more stuff done. Yeah, sounds good, Sam. Thanks for thanks for uh, let, letting me uh, kind of recap the event because I'm I'm already looking forward to doing it again next year. Yeah, that was great. We'll uh we'll figure out how to make sure we get all of our attendees to actually show up. And I mean, we still had a good number, but you know, hopefully we can get you know make it even bigger next year. I think it'll be great. Well, well, one of the things I was thinking about is um, I mean, we capped our number at two fifty. I mean, obviously, if we if we let more people register, then more people will show up, right? And so, you know, we yeah. we can look at that for sure. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, Dave, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week's week. Uh, safe travels down to Nashville or up for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get to drive. So it'd be nice. It's just, it's, Perfect. it's 80 miles from my house. So it's oh, beautiful. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Sam. Right, take care. Talk to you later.